There's a giant pool of entertainment media to dive into, but not a lot of time to invest testing those waters. That's where the Fear of Missing Out podcast will serve as your water floaties. I'm Isaiah Colbert, and with the assistance of guests who are super fans of popular or niche things you might have heard about in passing, we'll give you a taste of what those things are about and how you can get into them. Mixed metaphor inbound, this week we're careening ourselves into space as we talk about Metroid. And we are live, pal. Alright, so... I've uh, got some got some fun guests here today. Uh, can you guys care to introduce yourselves? Uh, I'll go first, I guess. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, Cam, um, also known as Green Eggs and Cam on the internet, um, currently writing over at Dual Shockers, doing reviews and news and features and um, you know hot takes, editorials and <laughs> weird stuff all over. Just having a good time and excited to talk about video games and. Yeah, pretty much like I always do. And uh, I'm Charlie Wackolds. Um, I also write at Dual Shockers, and um, yeah, I'm pretty much doing a lot of the same stuff that Cam is doing over there. Uh, working on just like a, a lot of interesting news stuff. Um, I have a review coming out soon. Isaiah, when is this episode coming out? Oh, uh, that's the mount the the power of editing. We will. It depends on how how good I am within the workload week that uh, I get to get to doing things. Hopefully, it'll be out by sometime the week after we're recording this, which happens to be a Saturday. Cool. That's gonna be undisclosed for the time being. Uh, gonna throw myself <laughs> under the bus. It happened like right after we premiered the first episode, and we all got together and we're like, let's just do another one. So uh, yeah, um, it'll it'll be it'll be spread out into the interwebs. We'll do like a big kind of like promotion thing of it on Twitter and the socials so that uh, people know to find it. So um, starting out here, uh, I've, I'm a bit of a satellite fan of Metroid due to the the main character being a, a tall lady in a spacesuit doing the pew pews. It, it, it checks a lot of boxes for me. Um, so uh, but for the uninitiated, uh, what is a Metroid? What is what is that word? What, what what's it all about? So a Metroid is a um, a little space parasite. Kind of looks like a jellyfish, but if you took the tentacles and replaced them with teeth, hmm. yeah, basically, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's the gist of it right there. And just like latches onto your your head sometimes. It's, it's a whole it's a whole experience, mm-hmm. really. <laughs> okay, okay. And so, uh, what what is uh, Metroid proper the series? Uh, what's that all about? Um. So, uh, so in the series, you you know. You take the the control of Samus Aran, um, bounty hunter, um, who was raised by giant space chickens, <laughs> and just a, an absolute just <laughs> unit of a tall a tall a tall lady. That. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, don't think we start on the Chozo. I could talk about the Chozo <laughs> all day. Um, <laughs> and they they like um, they like turn her into a chicken lady too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they make uh, special chicken lady armor for her, and like yeah. so that she's able to like you know most of like the armor that she has, um, not all of it, but like a good portion of it is based off of Chozo technology, and they're like this ancient civilization that has some really cool lore that I wish Nintendo would do more with. Mm-hmm. <laughs> is there is there gonna be like a, a Colonel Sanders like crossover event with like some secret herbs Dude. and spices suits coming out? God, or, I hope so. Dude, God, I hope <laughs> so. Metroid Prime Four. KFC collab would be insane. The Double Down will be the name of it or something like that. Um, it needs to play, uh, whatever the new Metro game is, it needs to play on whatever the KFC console, <laughs> whatever that whatever that was about. It's, it's just chicken nuggets, but they're the morph balls. Hmm. You know what? I'd play it. I'd, 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 I'd eat, eat it. it. 
So, so I'm curious, uh, uh, chicken armor aside, I'm curious, so, uh, what put you guys on Metroid? Like, what was your, like, kind of like, oh, this is really cool, like, first, like, uh, moment, like, getting into it? What was that, uh, what, what was that like? I think for both of us, it was Smash, right, Cam? Yeah, yeah, for, uh, for me, it was, like, Smash 64. That was my first, um, experience with, uh, with Samus. Um, didn't really know much about it. I was like, this mm-hmm. character, I didn't even know she was a girl at first. <laughs> and at first I was like, this character looks cool. They have a big, cool gun arm. I'm here for it. That's mm-hmm. it. Like checks that already checks a bunch of boxes for me. So just cool, like cyborg looking person with like, you know, cool color scheme and, you know, gun arm. So I was, I was here for it. So that's, that was definitely my first, uh, foray into yep. the character in the series. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty, I'm, I'm pretty much the same way. Um, my first smash game, uh, was brawl so it, for me it was brawl instead of 64 but it's because i'm an old man <laughs> <laughs> um but i but I, I remember i remember being like maybe like 10 years old and whenever someone would ask me like who x character is in that game i'd be like are you kidding me you don't know who that is and it's like it's like snake from metal gear or samus you know and the the, the weird thing about it is that like most of those games i had never really played <laughs> So I was I was always like this weird like uh, proto gate internet gatekeeper, but I didn't mm. know what the hell I was talking about. <laughs> you were more like um, talking about like who is like the tiers for like Smash and like maining and all that kind yeah. of stuff. Or <laughs> right, right. And so um, we we've kind of like referenced it a little bit earlier, but um, the person in the suit uh, isn't like your run of the mill flat top space marine. Um, quite obviously, uh, it was revealed in the game uh, that who was under the suit. So. Um, you guys kind of kind of gave us a little bit of the lore, but uh, can you guys give me a little bit more about uh, who uh, this Samus Aran is and what um, what their story is, what her story is? She's a badass. Uh, yeah, that's a that's definitely a, a very broad like explanation, but very accurate <laughs> as well. Um, but yeah, she's a bounty hunter raised by space chickens who be like a super cool you know space bounty hunter and you know she's going against like you know space pirates and. Um, basically trying to like thwart different, you know, calamities, you know, Mm -hmm. that these parasites often, the Metroid parasites, as well as like her nemesis is like this big space dragon named, uh, uh, Ripley, Ridley, 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 Ridley. Mm -hmm. I'm thinking of alien again, Mm -hmm. but that's also kind of like loosely what inspired, (laughs) uh, Metroid as well. A lot lot of alien and aliens, uh, influences throughout Metroid, Mm -hmm. which is super cool. Um, I mean, again, just with the name Ridley, is you know a reference to Ellen Ripley from. I thought it was. Uh, I thought it was. Movies. I thought he was named after Ridley Scott. See, I've heard both of uh, <laughs> those answers actually. So, whichever one sounds cooler at like uh, social <laughs> both media. Both could dates. work. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I've I've heard people say uh, both of those both of those things because um, I've even heard that Ripley from Alien is Ridley Scott more or less like giving a wink wink nudge nudge to himself <laughs> yeah so probably <laughs> but either way yeah either way um but yeah she's awesome she's super cool um i remember when i found out she was a girl i was like holy sh-. i mean i mean that's a bad word um, no no I mean- no, no, no. <laughs> it's fine we, we, we have our our, our hill. i'll know where to edit that out and have very excited <laughs> She gets the people excited. Yeah, yes. uh, yes. Samus does Very that. Uh, slipped up there. Oh, you're good. You're all good. But uh, <laughs> no, um, yeah, she's great. Um, she's just super cool. Uh, definitely one of those characters. One of those, you know, 
franchises that I wish Nintendo would do more yeah. with because they have a lot there, like a lot of cool lore mm-hmm. that. Uh, and so, um, I, I guess I we, we've talked. Oh, go ahead, go ahead. Uh, sorry, I, I was gonna say I also think that like. Not only as far as video game characters go, but especially as far as Nintendo characters go, like I feel like it's kind of uh, passe to say that Nintendo is like a kid company or whatever. But I think a lot of the, a lot of their franchises aren't really. They're not. They don't pursue a this this certain grit in the same way. Like I, I definitely think that there are darker moments and there are more heartfelt moments in other franchises or more I guess deep or somehow resonant moments but I think that Metroid takes it in a much more interesting way compared to most mm-hmm. other games of its ilk and I think that's mm-hmm. also an important part of why Samus as a character is so interesting um, is that she is this kind of unflinching badass but she's also um, to the chagrin of some fans she's also kind of at the Back and call whoever's like paying her, or um, in some mm-hmm. games the, the government, and then it becomes kind of this interesting uh, bit of political intrigue throughout the, the game, where you're kind of basically being tricked by the government, and, that, that, and that's a recurring theme: is kind of isolation and trust, and kind of betrayal too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's often like a sort of an undercurrent of you know whoever Samus is working under, it's like these people have some sort of nefarious, mm-hmm. you know, means that they're, you know, up to, you know, that Samus is initially unaware of. Like, more, more often than not, it's like these people want um, the Metroids or the, you know, the Parasites or something for their own, right. you know, for their own benefit. Okay. Would it would it be a stretch to say that uh, she might have been, like, kind of, like, the precursor to, like, what we're seeing with, um, like, the Mandalorian with that, that kind of, like, oh, we have, like, a deal that happens, the deal goes down bounty hunter person does kind of like walks that line between like oh it's a it's a morally gray character or just like it's just our 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 anti-hero kind of a thing is that like kind of the line that samus runs there um yeah i think it's similar i think i think um you can draw a pretty clear line from ellen ripley to boba fett to samus to Mm. the mandalorian Mm. in a lot of ways because i think she is really just a combination of those two characters okay and so uh, now, uh, Metroidvania is kind of the genre of games that's <laughs> intrinsically linked yeah, to Metroid. Yeah. And now that I've flexed my very small games journal speak uh, that I have, that I can manage <laughs> to flex there. Um, can you, uh, ethical uh, Dual Shockers games journalist uh, Rosetta Stone, uh, that weird word that oh I just said, God. and like what that is? Uh, do you want to tackle it first, or <laughs> you want me to jump you, into you, it? You could, you could go first. You could go first. Okay, cool. Um, so Metroidvania is sort of like an amalgamation of the, uh, the names Metroid and another very popular, very similar, you know, in structure series, Castlevania, um, which is like a completely different setting. Like it's, that's like your, you know, medieval, you know, almost high fantasy kind of like vampire world. And then obviously with Metroid, you have your sci-fi, even sci-fi horror kind of, you know, setting and aesthetic, but they play very similarly and... I'm not sure exactly when the term like came, you know, to popularity, but it sort of just became a blanket term just for more or less like uh, an action adventure game where you're going to explore a lot. You're going to, you know, find skills that are going to help you progress. You're going to backtrack mm-hmm. a bunch. You're going to find different things. Um, I'm trying to remember the exact term that um, that I heard before. 
uh, I believe it's like search action. Um, was oh, the, I believe the, the term that I've heard used before. Um, and that's more or less what it is. Like you're you're kind of exploring these like almost like maze like maps a lot of time, which is sort of like a staple of like the Metroidvania genre. Mm-hmm. And you're just yeah, you're really just like exploring um, and you know searching for new things and new paths. Sometimes you're gonna get lost. Sometimes you're gonna get stuck, and that's kind of like part of mm-hmm. it. <laughs> Um, so you're like, oh, I need to maybe I need to go back. Maybe I can open this door now that I saw on the way here that I couldn't open. Right. So that's you know that's more or less like very broad ideas of what is usually inside of a Metroidvania, mm-hmm. which are things that um, Castlevania and Metroid very much popularized. A lot of people do it. Um, it's it's a very popular yeah. genre, um, but I think the the sort of like main names within that subgenre of like action games is definitely metroid and castlevania and, I th- and which is where we get that name from. and i think um something that's worth noting is that like anyone who's listening who doesn't know what metroid is and is looking this up is probably mm. just gonna see what looks like a a standard 2d platformer and i think i think the most i think i think the way that i would set it apart from a 2d platformer is rather than um just going left to right or right to left or straight up or straight down uh, mm-hmm. Metroid f- takes it upon itself to make the map itself the enemy to kind of incentivize exploration on a much more like I don't know I, I don't not realistic but on a much more kind of just like immersive level because obviously platformers can reward exploration and obviously you know since like the original Super Mario Bros there have been secret areas and stuff like that that you can get to only by kind of pushing the limits of what you think the level is but I think Metroid does it in a way that is really rewarding and inventive Hmm. well we'll have to credit some unknown William Shakespeare uh, gamer in his uh, gamer chair and his gunners for for pinning that that um great word there um so one part uh, that you mentioned a part of metroidvania is, is like kind of like the map is kind of the enemy and i know like personally for me when it comes to backtracking in video games that can be like a, a make or break for me yes. um so it is not for how, everybody <laughs> yeah yeah uh how does uh metroid kind of compare with like um doing that for you guys when it comes to playing it i think um i think it depends on which metroid game we're talking about mm. honestly uh like because for those who aren't aware, there's basically two kinds of Metroid games, aside from, like, one that's kind of in its own category that I don't fully understand. Um, mm. <laughs> but most of them are either two-dimensional or three-dimensional, and the three-dimensional ones are first-person, but they still function largely like the two-dimensional ones, just on a different plane. Um, but I think the 2D ones are just generally tend to be... Just, they just generally tend to be smaller and traveling in between parts of the map is more efficient and kind of just more facilitated because of the way that the map is designed because uh, it's just vertical and horizontal rather than, you know, three axes. So I think backtracking in the 2D Metroids, I, I can't speak for the first, the original one and the, the original version of the second one, both of which have been remade into fantastic games, but um, I think that backtracking is it's only bad if you're not paying attention 
and if you're not like thinking because again the map is an enemy it's a puzzle so there it's not just gonna give everything away to you right away there are moments where you might get lost but then finding the right place to push through that is kind of the satisfying part but i'd also argue for the 3d metroids which are called metroid prime um i haven't had as much experience but from my personal experience of playing the first one um I would argue that the backtracking of that is significantly worse, but uh, that might be a controversial take. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't uh, necessarily disagree with you there. Um, I think they do improve it um, in the later Prime games and the other mm. two, but I definitely agree um, with everything you said about like backtracking and stuff. I yeah, like I mean, the map is more or less a huge puzzle, and if, I mean, if you just look at a a completely filled out Metroid map, it's going to look kind of insane and maybe a little daunting. Mm-hmm. Um, but there is like a method to it. It does make sense. Like it is like kind of like that puzzle. Like it's like, oh, like this area sort of like allows me to go back to this area. And like everything sort of, everything always connects. Everything's always interconnected. And which, which isn't, which is never going to be apparent early on in the mm-hmm. game. Um, as you progress, you're going to be like, oh, I went through this door, but now like that gives me another like route to go through this area and a shortcut to go to this area. Like, so it, it all kind of connects and I can understand, like, I know like that sort of like model is not for everybody. Yeah. Not, I know a lot of people that don't like backtracking and it makes sense. I get it. <laughs> I under, I completely get why like that would put somebody off because there are games that like do that well and don't do that well. Um, but for the most part, I would say like Metroid is, you know, one of those properties that, you know, I mean, they, you know, they sort of pioneered it, but, and over the years they have, you know, gotten better with it as well. And, um, even like a recent sort of example of like a Metroidvania would be like the, um, the Ori, Mm -hmm. uh, the two Ori games, Mm -hmm. which are fantastic Metroidvanias. Um, and those definitely like took like bits and pieces from Metroid and Castlevania and, and multiple other things that came out and did something really good mm-hmm. with it and just did something really special to like stand out among the the swath of uh, <laughs> games that are you know sort of emulating that but but yeah it's definitely not for everyone there are ones that just don't function as well mm-hmm. um with backtracking even within the metroid franchise there are some that are better than others but yeah it's definitely something that you need to if you're going into it um, you definitely need to sort of have the mindset. It's like, all right, this is what this game is is, <laughs> and if like that's not for you, then you might uh, you might have a difficult time. Hmm. And uh, you guys mentioned that uh, the gameplay is uh, kind of a, a thing that's depending on like which uh, version of the game that you're playing. Uh, so I wanted to ask you guys, uh, how does the gameplay kind of um, Metroid proper kind of compare to like the gameplay that people might find um, in either Super Smash Bros or Super Smash Bros Ultimate, like? Would you say that the um, version of Samus in those games are accurately kind of like um, represented within the game? Yeah, I would think. Uh, I think as far as Samus's move set, it's very. It's kind of an amalgamation of mm-hmm. different um, games from the Metroid series, but it never feels like you know when I'm when I'm playing Smash, um, it never feels like she has too much going on because at a certain point in the game you're going to have an, a certain point in a metro game you're going to have just a whole arsenal of abilities of course in the beginning you usually mostly usually start with your standard blaster or even they'll start you off with everything and then something will happen some sort of like story contrivance will happen and then they take your powers away which is like um 
very very common within Metroid as well as just Metroidvanias in general. But as far as using her in Smash and stuff like that, it definitely does feel true to um, you know how she plays and how she um, controls in those other games. Um, just the gameplay style was just vastly different because uh, you know Smash is more of just you know beat 'em up fighting and stuff like that where there is like the action is a little bit more interspersed um, in something like Metroid because like you'll have like stretches where you're like oh this is sort of an action sequence where you're gonna just like have to deal with some enemies maybe a boss and then you'll have a stretch of time where this is just exploration slash puzzle but it's just, there's a mixture of stuff in there that that works great but with Smash like they definitely do get the finer points of like how this character should play and how she should feel. I also think for Smash specifically it's interesting because Samus is one of the 12 characters who's been in the franchise since the very first <clears> game. <throat> and you can tell that the design philosophy between characters that have that are coming out this year and characters that have been in the game since 1999 um, aren't necessarily different because I don't think that there's a single Smash character that isn't faithful to what that character is. Mm-hmm. But I think if Samus were to come out in 2021 as the fourth DLC character in the current Fighter Pass, um, I think she'd be a lot more complex. I think she'd have, you know, um, different beams or some some kind of mechanic with that, or maybe even um, uh, different like stuff for bombs or ways to kind of. Uh, gauge how many times she can use a thing almost like Robin with uh, with all of his um, tomes or something like that mm-hmm. mm. yeah I, for even for all of the moves that Savas has in Smash it still doesn't actually scratch the surface of all of the moves that she's had because <laughs> right. she's had a lot. a lot like a lot of them are, are largely similar like don't have like three or four different missile types and, the, and different beam types mm-hmm. and stuff like that but it still feels like it's... It has, like, the things... All the things you need. It has more fall. It has your, your charge attack, your screw attack. Like, all that, all that stuff that you would expect. So, I... That's why uh, uh, Samus has always been, like, one of my mains since, like, the beginning of Smash. So, like, in those early days, I used her. Like, even to this day, I still use her very uh, frequently. Yeah. Hmm. So, she's great. I love Same her. <laughs> so, we... we- we talked about the gameplay, so I want to get back to the the chicken the chicken suit uh, for a second. Um, so uh, I noticed that, uh, especially like in whenever I get like destroyed in Smash, I noticed that um, Samus has this ability where she like kind of transforms to a, a ball, the the Metroid ball thing, and like she transforms out of mm-hmm. it. And there's like another version of her called like the Zero Suit Samus. So, uh, what what's all that about? Like how how does the the chicken suit um, turn into a chicken nugget and then also uh, turn into a uh, Super Saiyan Blue chicken nugget? Like what what's all that about? <laughs> Um, so I think I could, well, basically the original reason behind that was basically kind of just like, um, for the first Metroid game, depending on how quickly you were able to beat it, Sam, uh, Samus's appearance would change at the very end. Um, and I think that's kind of where that, that originated where you see her outside of the suit and obviously, um, you know, 1986 is a very different time from uh, 2021, and um, so I think I think there was a there was kind of an element of fan service to it almost because I think the quicker you beat it, she the less clothing she'd have on. Um, I believe so. Yeah, she'd be in like a like a you know basically her yeah. underwear more or less. And um, 
for a while, I don't really think Nintendo did a whole lot with her being outside of the suit, aside from like in Super Metroid, for example, when you die, it shows her, her, her the, it shows like the, the various suit, which is the suit that she's wearing for the most of, for the most part, blowing up, and then you briefly see her kind of dying. Um, yeah, and that and that's definitely something that even persisted like throughout. I want to say most, if not all, of the two D mm-hmm. Metroids like that followed, because um, I know it wasn't Fusion, um, I know it wasn't Samus Returns, and like that kind of came like a normal thing. Like you would see like, you know, it stopped being sort of like the, you know, her in her underwear, and more or less when she would die and like this this right. suit would blow off of her, she'd be in like the, more or less what's called the zero suit. Um, when she's like in her blue uh, jumpsuit, her Super Saiyan look, <laughs> Super Saiyan blue look, as you said. Um, but yeah, so that that definitely has become more of like a ubiquitous sort of like image, yeah. like imagery from from Metroid in recent years. And because uh, you know, in early ones, they sort of like didn't emphasize it as much, but then that became like it's even its own character mm-hmm. altogether in Smash, like a separate character, which which I always thought was interesting. Yeah. He- yeah. At the end of the remake of the original Metroid game, you're able to play as her outside of the suit for the first time, and it's kind of this really interesting mm-hmm. um, reversal in a lot of ways. Because at the end of a Metroid game, you are essentially unstoppable. You're like a tank. And yeah. <laughs> um, at the end of this game, or like basically right before the end of this game, it takes away your suit, and you're supposed to like infiltrate this enemy base, basically, and get it back. And... Uh, I think that's that might be one of my favorite sequences like ever. It's got a it's a really interesting kind of two D stealth kind of thing that that it has going on. And then once you get the suit, it's like this awesome like I would argue Doom level or higher kind of power fantasy where you just like te- just yeah, tear through this base after you get it back. Piece. It's awesome. Hmm. And so uh, another thing I had to ask, because I also noticed that there's another character called uh, Dark Samus. So is this like, what, what's that character about? Is mm-hmm. this like the, the My Immortal like version of Samus that's just sort of like walking about <laughs> and just doing, running amok? Or what was that one about? Um, so Dark Samus was something that came in uh, into play in the Prime uh, games mostly. Um, the Prime trilogy, where just for, you know, just... Through a, like a series of events, like throughout the you know the trilogy, or the, mostly throughout the first game, and like in like the second game, Dark Samus becomes like a big factor as well. Um, pretty much, you know, her suit is like, you know, her, her and her suit are like corrupted and basically cloned. And one of the you know major antagonists of uh, Metro Prime Two, mainly, is sort of a dark sort of like. You know, sort of like a Nega Samus, who is just sort of more or less her opposite, who is just kind of there to like be in the way and give her headaches and just give her a very hard time as she's trying to, you know, um, keep her goals uh, or why, why she's trying to accomplish her goal is just trying to like basically getting in her way at all the worst possible times. And yeah, and as you said, Dark Samus you know, has gotten pretty popular as like. It's become they become sort of a character in Smash on their mm-hmm. own. 
So it's kind of like it's yeah, they're pretty they're pretty cool. Yeah. It's a suit kind of like made out of like tofu as like an equivalent. Like tofu people kind of like help make this suit as opposed to the, to the chicken people. Or am I just uh, making a terrible joke of the situation of this very cool? Um, character? It's act- they're actually made by like you know the the, the cow from the Chick Fil A commercials. Oh wow, yeah, deep lore, um, deep lore. <laughs> yeah, just deep uh, deep Chick Fil A. <laughs> Um, no wonder that the, the advertisement. No wonder like Nintendo is swimming in like advertisement money. It's just all these crossovers. So um, yeah, I mean they have Smash Brothers. They have yeah. they have the Chick Fil A. That's gonna be the next uh, Smash Fighter. The the, the cow. From that would be hype. Calling it now. <laughs> <laughs> now, now I did. I I might have told a little bit of an untruth because I do I do know a little bit a little bit about some Metroid stuff. So uh, in my less creaky need youth years, uh, being raised on the Super Best Friends play <laughs> content, Rip Machinima, we won't get into it. Um, I do know of like one other like part of Metroid that uh, is kind of contentious for the fans. Um, the baby. All right, so um, uh, I knew you We don't have to get into it if you guys do don't it. want to. Uh, but what what no, what's what's the baby about? Like, why is why do why do people not like uh, um, hearing about the baby? Um, did you want to jump in this one, Charlie? I feel like I've been talking. No, a lot. you're good, man. I I, I I'm okay, kind cool. of it's it's hard for me to say much because I I know a lot about this situation and the discourse around it and everything, um, but I've played maybe like 45 minutes to an hour of the game that this is referencing which is metroid other m um i think it's it's the only it's the only metroid game that doesn't really from my understanding fit a distinct structure and i also think that generally um if it had been a metroid prime game or a 2d metroid game or any other metroid game that had fit a much more uh distinctly metroid structure I have a feeling this wouldn't be as much of an issue because obviously um, the whole controversy around it is that it, it basically takes it's a it's a fumbled depiction of Samus having PTSD after um, I guess spoilers for a <laughs> a 25 27 year old game oh my god um, a <laughs> this baby Metroid basically sacrifices itself to save Samus and um, so she has PTSD about it, and so she'll just like randomly say the baby, from my understanding, or she'll like fixate on it. And there's like this mm-hmm. internal okay. monologue where she just kind of says it in a very strange way, and that made a lot of fans unhappy. Yeah, it's um, yeah, more or less that's yeah, you know, that's you know basically like what one of the many issues that people have with other M, um, but the main thing that we're getting into here is the baby and you know speaking of the baby metroid and you know it's just it's just not handled that well like you know they could have handled this with like it just could have been like something with like a bit more mm-hmm. nuance and something with like that had a little bit more to just say because obviously like ptsd is a, a real thing that people deal with and i think more competent writers <laughs> probably could have uh did yeah. something uh great with that but unfortunately it kind of just you know, devolved in her into her just being, literally just saying the words "the baby" and just like just having a panic attack mm-hmm. and just and but with it not really f- having any sort of emotional mm-hmm. weight to it, which it feels like is what they wanted. And then and that game also just has a bunch of other narrative issues. Um, Charlie mentioned it before about um, her often coming off su- very subservient to. Um, 
you know, whoever is her commanding officer, who in this one, who was it, Adam? I think, yeah, I think it's Adam in this one, yeah. It's Adam, Adam Kirk's. Yeah, and um, basically, like, that, th- one of the issues that, that a lot of people have is that she basically is not allowed to use most of her arsenal until he okays it, <laughs> and it just feels, it just feels off for the character. It just doesn't feel like something that, uh, you know, the characterizations that have come before it have hinted at at all. But, yeah, they they tried to do something different, and it just didn't land. And we got stuff like that, and we got the whole baby situation. Um, yeah, it's, it's a weird game. Mm. It's definitely a strange entry in the series. Um, it just, yeah, it's it's a strange one that, like, I, most people, like, the consensus is that uh, it's just not one that, you know, the fans of the franchise really care about. Mm-hmm. And so, um, my next question: since we've since we've uh, broken the the egg or the ice on uh, this um, this part of uh, the conversation, um, I wanted to ask you guys: so, uh, which games of the Metroid uh, series are you guys' faves? Like top fives, so, like things that you would uh, kind of recommend uh, people to play? Sure. Yeah, All right. <laughs> so, um, honestly, I, I think it's impossible not to recommend Super Metroid uh, for a variety mm-hmm. of reasons. Um, from its accessibility to its simplicity to honestly just being, in my opinion, not just the best Metroid game, but probably the best 2D game I've ever played. Um, I think it's uh, it's kind of exemplary of uh, Nintendo's development and output during the Super Nintendo era, where just everything is firing on all cylinders. The music is incredible. The sound design is incredible. Uh, Everything looks awesome. Um, really great use of colors, really fantastic level and puzzle design. Uh, the game feels good. It plays really well. And I, I don't think there's a Metro game that doesn't feel necessarily good, aside from maybe Other M and uh, Federation Force. Federation um, Force. Okay. But I think I think Super Metroid is just kind of kind of just like a perfect pick. Uh, if you have a Nintendo Switch, if you have uh, the Switch Online service, you have Super Metroid on your Switch, or you can get it for free for like with like a really small download. So I think that's, that's where I'd recommend people to start out. Um, otherwise I'd say probably, um, any of the recent, any of the Metroid remakes too are really good. I I think just generally starting with 2d Metroid is a better idea. Hmm. Yeah. Um, definitely. Um, I'm going to echo the super Metroid, uh, talk a little. Um, I mean, that game's a masterpiece. It's definitely one of the best games like ever made even to this day. Um, definitely one of the highest points of the franchise still um it's just a fantastic mm-hmm. game um it's definitely one you can always go back to for sure and i i often do um another one that uh, i know charlie and i <laughs> have similar feelings about uh metroid fusion mm-hmm. which is one that a lot of people don't like but i do love it <laughs> and i was uh i was pretty young when i played that one i was maybe about i think i came out when i was about 12 and i got it as a gift and um, I love that one. Um, that was one where, um, you know, a lot of people, one of the complaints was that it it made it a little more linear. And at times it was, it did sort of direct you a little bit more than the others do. Since the others usually don't give you any sort of, like, marker of, like, you need to go here, you need mm-hmm. to go there. Um, but Met, uh, Metroid Fusion sort of, like, gave you, like, a little bit of that. But, which I didn't, it didn't bother me too much. But I guess some of the the more, you know, Metroid purist type of people who uh, just don't really care for that kind of thing 
But a more recent uh, entry, I guess it is the most recent entry in the series that I think about it, is the, the remake of uh, Metroid 2. Uh, when they did Samus Returns on the 3DS, that game's phenomenal. Um, that's probably um, probably my personal favorite, um, just because they did so they did so well of you know revitalize, revitalizing that already great game, and just adding so much. They added so much extra lore about the space chickens, which I'm definitely here for. Um, it looks great. It plays great. They they just did so yeah. much with it and. Yeah, I was just so impressed. Um, I ended up 100%ing that game, found everything, um, put a lot of time into it, and I loved every every minute of it, every second of it, and that's definitely my personal favorite. And of course, um, the Prime the Prime trilogy I think is is great. Um, I don't think it's the best one to just jump into if you've never experienced the franchise, but I think um, you know they're. As Charlie said, they they sort of take a more first person. They have the first the first person perspective, which is definitely a departure mm-hmm. uh, from the other ones. But I do definitely think they're great once you sort of realize how different they are at times, and and they they ha- they can be drastically different from um, what the franchise is known for. But it does you know it handles those differences very just very well, and it they're definitely worth playing. And it's there's a reason they're some of the critically acclaimed and most like fan uh adored games you know from nintendo even and i think uh going off of going off of something that you mentioned cam i think for uh for metroid the remake of metroid 2 samus returns which is on uh, on 3ds i think it also does a really good job of kind of modernizing and making the metroid formula more accessible because i think they mm-hmm. they introduce Absolutely. a lot more like action elements and also i think just because the 3ds has more buttons than <laughs> most other uh yeah. consoles that you could play the other metroid games on i think it like right <laughs> right it has like like it has two things <laughs> for movement and so yeah. i think i think that allows for it to kind of take on a more actiony kind of feel which i think i think yeah, it benefits it, it a it lot really well. Okay. Um. Uh. Before we close, definitely, I want to uh, make sure that you guys, um, you 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 grizzled veterans, uh, give uh, give the good people some uh, advice or some tips, maybe some like street run sp- uh, strats, some builds <laughs> that you'd recommend for playing Metroid. Uh, what's what's some uh, tips that you can give to the the lovely people? Um. Don't be afraid. Well, just like initially, don't be afraid to just go crazy and just shoot at the walls because there are things there. You're gonna want to find like all of this stuff and like. One of the things in, you know, throughout all the Metroid games is, like, there's hidden weapons, the hidden upgrades and stuff like that. Um, sometimes they're going to be a little more apparent. Other times, there's no way you're going to know if you if you don't mm-hmm. already know or you are already referring to a guide. But, like, there are things hidden all over the place in the ceilings, in the walls. Like, so if you, you know, use a bomb or, you know, if you blast a wall, like, it's possible that you'll see, like, a... An upgrade to your your missile capacity, your health capacity, and that's definitely something to keep in mind. If you're just deciding to jump in, um, and it definitely is difficult if you're just planning to speed run it because you do need to have so many things in mind of just like spatial awareness mm-hmm. of where everything is. And Metroid is not the <laughs> easiest game to just jump into unless you're unless you're intimately familiar with each of them or any of them. Um, but if you're going to speedrun, 
do your homework, uh, run through the game at least once or twice just on your own, um, and then try to, as you, as you can, get as much as you can along the way. Um, obviously with the speed run, you don't have the luxury of, you know, exploring a little bit more and seeing more of the hidden stuff, which Metroid has lots of, and, and there's lots of things that you can miss as far as upgrades and stuff like that. I'd say... Um, if you're just kind of running through it, but it's definitely, um, yeah, it's definitely doable. I haven't done it. I'd mm-hmm. like to, but I need, I want, I would want to just study up on like whichever one I decide to jump into. But yeah, speed running is, yeah, I've seen a handful of Metroid speed runs and they're, the they're yeah, they're impressive. They're very impressive. Yeah. I'd say I definitely agree with everything that Cam said. I think honestly, depending on which entry you play, don't be afraid to play with a guide. Um, I think, I think for like the standard like critical path stuff, I don't necessarily think you'll need one. But I do think that kind of playing with a guide, at least for the first like maybe third of a, of the game, mm-hmm. might really help you kind of get a feel for what you're supposed to be doing, what you're supposed to be looking for, the, that kind of stuff. But then, on top of that, or even if you don't play with a guide, um, I think it's important to know that. Metroid isn't really like a lot of games that look like it, and it isn't like a lot of other Nintendo games. You should prepare to feel kind of isolated and alone uh, in like a, in a much more bleak setting than you might be used to if you mostly play Nintendo stuff, um, because it's that's that's like the core focus of, of the series. It's a very atmospheric, moody, um, and oftentimes bleak, sometimes depressing. Uh, world and you're supposed to feel that in a lot of ways you're supposed to feel alone in this map that is your enemy this map is kind of like has its power over you so i think i think anticipating that when you go in is something that's important because once you get that feeling that you've conquered that map there's nothing like it well charlie i think we live in some very unprecedented times (laughs) where news breaks every wednesday i think uh Mm -hmm. metroid might be the perfect game for people to not really uh, explore ex- um, escapism, but just to be kind of already get a, get a little, little bit of a leg up for for gameplay, definitely. Yeah, I mean, listen, <laughs> if you're like me, and instead of pursuing uh, happy, bubbly, cute things during uh, these trying times, and instead you want to play depressing, <laughs> challenging, uh, isolating stuff like uh, like I have been, <laughs> um, I definitely recommend giving it a shot. And even if even if it's not what you're looking for. Um, I think there are moments of like beauty and kind of, I guess awe. I don't know. I, I think it's hard to have awe when, at a, when we're at a point with how games look. It's kind of hard for a lot of people to kind of appreciate certain things about them. But um, there, there are those moments too, and I think that's also what makes mm. them more powerful is the, the, the darker themes. Mm. All right. I'd say that has been a podcast. Um, um, I would say that hopefully our um, dapper ladies, gents, and NBs uh, are primed for uh, getting into a Metroid. Uh, see the little, little joke I did there? Uh, yeah, good. yeah, yeah. That's good. I, I wrote really that good. one in a script somewhere that I'm totally not reading from right now. Um, so, uh, yeah, um, you guys, um, what? Uh, here's the part where you plug whatever you're working on. Where are you doing? Where are you where are you working at? Sure. Uh, uh, yeah, I was just I was just pulling something up so I could check. Okay, so you can find me on uh, Twitch and Twitter 
at C-H-A-S underscore M-K-E. That's Chaz Milwaukee. You can also find my work over at Dual Shockers. Um, around the time that this is coming out, uh, I will have a review for Little Nightmares 2 going up. I think uh, right now the the embargo lifts at, uh, at 7 a.m. on February 9th. So stay tuned for that. And then also I have a podcast called Comfort Food, and you can find that on Twitter at, at comfort underscore food pod. Cool. And then you can find me um, on uh, on Twitter at Green Eggs and Cam Eggs with a Z. Also on YouTube as I'm trying to sort of currently revitalize my YouTube channel that I got very lazy with. Mm-hmm. I feel um, that. Yep. So hope yeah, hopefully soon I'll you know dive back into that. Um, but aside from that, also writing on uh, Dual Shockers, um, I have a few um, reviews in the pipeline that are currently embargoed and won't be out by the time this episode comes out. Um, but yeah, th- th- those are definitely things to look out for. Um, definitely going to still be covering news and stuff like that. Um, just whatever, whatever comes to mind, probably talking about more, uh, you know, tall, tall video game <laughs> ladies, hopefully. Um, <laughs> it is, it is the year. <laughs> There's always a place for that in my life. It is. And it, it's, I, I didn't mention it before, but, uh, Sam is definitely is among the, the pantheon of tall uh, video games. <laughs> the, the Mount Rushmore. Where she it. belongs. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but, yeah, just... I did write uh, something recently about, uh, you know, the tall vampire lady and Resident Evil Village and, you know, Twitter reactions, and that was a lot of fun. Um, people seemed to uh, really enjoy that piece, so I was very happy with it. I had fun writing it. Mm. Um, but, yeah, hopefully more um, just weird, just... They let me write weird and crazy things, <laughs> uh, which I'm always happy to do and just go, just enjoy myself and have a good time with video games and, you know, whether I'm talking about them on a podcast with you guys or talking about them in the news or just tweeting my hot takes like I usually do. So I'm around, um, definitely always free to talk about video games. If anyone wants to tweet <laughs> me, you know where to find me now. So there you go. All right. Well. That has been yet another fear quelled and another curiosity satiated. Now you guys know more than zero suit about Metroid. All right. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Hey. See you guys next time. <laughs> Bye-bye. See ya.